Why don't you turn to the people around you, in front of you, behind you, give them a smile. It's amazing how a smile turns into a conversation, isn't it? You, you rowdy bunch, you. Uh, now that you've, uh, you've smiled at them and had a brief conversation, uh, we're going to pray for them. So um, picture those people in your minds. Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you for the per- people in front of us and behind us and either side, whether we know them or not. Because, Lord, uh, you've brought them here and we're just so thankful. And we ask, Lord, that you will bless them right now with exactly what they need to hear and exactly what they need to feel and exactly what they need to experience. Because, God, we know that you love them and you want the very best for them. And so, Lord, speak to them this morning and bless them with your presence. And we just think, Lord, also of those chairs that are empty here and we, we pray for those people who you desire to see fill those those seats and pray Lord that uh, you'll bless them with a fresh revelation of your love and your grace and your peace in their lives in Jesus name we pray amen well it's Christmas and Christmas marks something in our psyche doesn't it whether we're people of faith or not uh, it, it marks a change in the seasons and, uh, and it's, it's filled, I think, with, a, with an expectation, particularly if you really enjoy this time of year, there's an expectation that comes that is uh, quite um, palpable. Uh, the lights go up, um, the music changes in the store for only the second time in the year. Um, you know, th- things change. The days are getting longer and, uh, and it marks a, a newness, a freshness, a, a possibility of, of new starts, a, a joy that comes into uh, the world. The people uh, are, are often in two camps, super stressed because of all they've got to get done and all the parties they've got to get to, or super joyful because they just love parties and all the things they've got to get to. So there are two types of people in the world. Mike, could you drop me a little bit? I, I feel like I'm in my own head and that's never a good thing. Uh, but Christmas also marks, um, for some, a, a period of, of heartache. And as Jim prayed, there, there's, uh, that, that, that this time of year highlights where people who used to be a part of our life that are no longer there for one reason or another. It's a, it can be a difficult time. It can be a hard time, and so, um, and so this time of year highlights the fact that we can be lacking something that we desperately desire and want, but don't have. And if you've watched any Christmas movies, I've watched two already. How many people are above two Christmas movies? Nice, nice. Some fellow companions. I thought Alyssa would definitely be over too by now, but I'll have a chat with her on Monday. So, um, uh, the Christmas movies normally always go that someone's lost the spirit of Christmas, whatever that is. I guess it's this newness, this joy that comes. And they're in the desperate need to try and 
find it again and something magical, mystical, sparkly dust, LV kind of happens and they find it. But what, what is that really representing? It's representing that deep down inside of us, we all have a desire to hope for something better than what we're situated in at the moment. And this morning, I'm going to be talking about the, the need for hope. Because as human beings, there, there is a constant need that we have to have an infusion of hope in our lives. And that's why I think some people get on the Christmas bandwagon like in October, because they're waiting for that infusion of joy and hope that this season brings. They're wanting something outside to come in and permeate them and infuse them with hope, because if we don't have hope as humans, we fall into despair. If we don't have hope, our natural tendency is to roll into despair. That life gets too hard, that life has no joy and, and no purpose. And although the God, it says in the very first chapter of the very first book of the Bible, that God made the world good, we can see by the rest of the pages of the Bible and through human history that humans left to their own devices will slip into a state of destruction and decay. It's not too hard to look at society and thinking, you know, at the moment up is down and left is right and backwards is frontwards and, and I don't know about you but sometimes I wake up and I don't even know where I am. Maybe that's just old age. But there is something that God, I think, has placed deep with inside of us is this thing called hope. That, that we, we hope and we have a, a dream within our hearts of the fact that something is meant to be different. Something is meant to be better. That, that we're, we're meant to have peace within our lives. And there is something that wells up within us time and time again. Maybe it's a God-ordained grace that He gives everyone is this desire and hope that things can be different and things can be better. And the, and the Bible passage that we're going to be exploring this morning comes in that period in the people of God's history in the Old Testament. They had gone through all their kings and, and they're on their last one and they kept on wanting to do life their way and not God's way. And God says, okay, I'm going I'm to take my blessing of peace away from you. I'm just going to move it away so that you'll realize that you need me, that, that your life does not have peace unless I'm at the center of it, unless you put me in the place that I'm always meant to be. And so we... We come to this time where, where the people of God, the, um, the people of Israel are surrounded by an army and out of that time God raises up a prophet to bring a word to them, to give them hope that even though things are looking down, even though things are looking glum, that God still has a plan for their life. And we're going to be reading it from the prophet Isaiah. And we're looking at chapter 11, uh, 1 to 10. And this is what it says. 
a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. So just get that imagery, a stump. I love it that, that some translations, uh, it, they really expand it into a blackened, burnt out, dead stump. There's an image for you. And out of there comes a shoot. From its roots, a branch that will bear fruit. That's a great imagery. Something dead, dying, out of use, and then out of a shoot comes that will bear new life and new fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. By the way, when he says the root of Jesse, that means out of David's line, out of King David's line. The Spirit of God will rest on him. The Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what eyes, uh, sorry, he will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide with what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and his breath of his lips. He will slay the wicked. The righteous will be his belt and the faithfulness the sash around his waist. So just pausing there. Here we have an image of someone who's going to come out of this blackened dart stump that will bear fruit, who will reign with righteousness and with peace, but he will not reign like every other ruler has reigned before him. Where, where he will just hear what he wants to hear and speak what he wants to speak, but he will do it with justice and do it with the right motives and the right perspective. He will come, and we believe this is speaking about Jesus. He will come and bring uh, righteousness and faithfulness to the world. He goes on. The wolf will live with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together. The little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, the young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like an ox. The infant will play near cobra's dens and the child will put his hand in a viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy uh, on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the water covers the seas. And that day the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for all peoples. The nations will rally to him and his resting place will be glorious. I just like saying glorious that way. So here we have an image of the people of Israel being surrounded by an, an army. They're, they're, they think their end is near. And this prophet comes to them uh, in Isaiah and he starts to speak of the newness that God wants to do. He starts to inject within them a sense of hope that they're not done even though they think they are done. And, and maybe some of us today are carrying a sense of hopelessness that you don't know how your life is going to work out, how situations are going to happen, how it's all going to come together. And, and I want to proclaim to you the same message that Isaiah is claiming to the people of Israel. God is not done with you yet. It's not done. 
with you yet. He says there's going to be one who's going to come. One who's going to set it about straight. And, and one who's going to come who's going to provide a renewal of the whole world in which the whole world is going to be at peace. So much so that a lion can lie down with a goat and a bear with an ox and whatever the combinations were. So that even those who naturally would be devouring each other, he says, when we get what is God is wanting to do, then peace will reign. Even those who have natural tendencies to be at war will lay down together. The kids will play together. Those who would normally devour will just eat alongside of each other. There's this picture of hope that is picturing, I believe, also the, the, the new things to come that God is going to do when Jesus comes again. That is designed to give hope to those people that they can believe that God is going to bring about a new reality. And that's the hope he has for you and me. That in him there can be a new reality in which we live in. And I believe that God has given us the gift of hope so that we can believe in something that we are yet to experience or yet to see. That, that we, can, we can put our hope into what we are yet to experience and yet to see. In preparation for this, this sermon, I was reading some stories of prisoners of war and they were talking about hope and how hope, uh, they, would, they would talk about stories about those men in, in, the, in the prison camps who had hope that one day they were going to get out and how it would infuse them and, and give them resilience to uh, counteract all the abuse and all the damage that was done to their lives. And they'll be sharing stories about those who didn't have hope and how they would fall into depression and how they would lose their life and lose their will to live because of their attitudes towards hope. And I think that God gives us hope so that we can step into a new reality despite our circumstances. But hope, here's the, the, the funny thing about hope, that if it's an it's a, a all-over gift that God gives everyone, like every gift that God gives us, we can put it in the wrong place. We can put our hope into many things and not the thing that it was actually designed to be in and that is in the power and the presence of God. We can put our hope in that the people around us will meet our needs. That relations, relationally, those people that we're in connection with will satisfy all our needs. And I can't tell you how many marriages I've seen undone and how many relationships I've seen broken down because at least one of them wants the other person to meet a need that they were never designed to meet. And there's an expectation uh, put upon them that they should have never had upon them. We can hope that people can meet our needs. But that's God's job. 
We can even put hope that our government will save us from the ongoing trauma or trials that we might expect, that through economic planning, through institutional realignment, that we can put our hope in that and that our society will become a better place. We can put our hope in the fact that society will accept us for how we're made and what's going on in our life and how we see ourselves. And if only society would accept us, then we can put our hope in that and that we would be okay. Maybe we put our hope in our job, that it will sustain our lives, that our income, that we can be masters of it and, and we can put up a security uh, of us that we, we will never be without money. We put our hope in our job that it will sustain us or even potentially our success that it will fulfill us. We can put our hope in many things. But we need to put our hope in the right thing. Because then the hope in the right thing brings us life. It brings us peace. And hope is what sustains us when things are out of our control. I was reading an article by Psychology Australia today and it was saying that that hope is illustrated in this way. Hope is not optimism. Optimism is just saying that everything's okay even though it's not. It's, it's not that. Uh, and it's not self-efficiency, which means, you know what, no matter what happens, I can get myself out of it, I can do it. But for them, they were saying that hope is a combination of everything's going to be okay and I can work myself out of it. And I was reading that, I'm going, well, that makes perfect sense if God's not in the picture. But hope in God is actually that God is going to make everything okay. Not me, not the people around me, but God is. And that God can do it, whatever needs to be done. Not me and not the people around me. And so when we have hope in God, we're having hope that God is going to make everything okay and that God is going to make a way for us in this world. And so God's created us to need hope and hope in Him. And when we have hope, there is something that starts to birth in Him. When we have when we have hope in God that God's going to make everything okay and God can do it, this is what starts to happen. We stop being negative people. We, we stop having to carry people's expectations upon ourselves or, or wanting to think that we have to do it ourselves and getting down on people and getting down on ourselves, we can just trust and hope in God. It stops us from being negative. Hope in God helps us to overcome the storms of life. Scripture says that uh, Jesus tells a parable. He says, a person who listens to my word is someone who digs down deep uh, until he gets to rock and from there he builds his house. And and when the storms of life come, the house doesn't get knocked over. He goes, but people who don't build their life on my words are like people who build their house on a sand and when the storms come, the house gets swept away. When we have hope in Christ and hope in the right way, then it builds a a resilience with us that we can overcome the storms of life. It develops a perseverance within us, if you like. 
Hope in the living God helps us to keep on moving forward no matter our circumstances, no matter what we see, no matter what we feel, no matter what we understand. When we hope in God, it keeps us moving forward. Hope in God helps us to counteract fear. And our hope in God leads us into a new future. You and me... We need hope. Everyone needs hope. So what I want to put to you this morning is what are you hoping in? What are you putting your hope in? Are you putting your hope in yourself, in your own abilities? Are you putting in the hope in what, the, what society says that you should do? Or are you putting your hope in the unfailing love This Christmas we're going to be celebrating hope has come. Hope in the shoot of Jesse, the Messiah, the Christ. Hope in the one who will bear fruit, who will judge with righteousness and faithfulness. The one that will make the whole world new. In him we put our hope. Because in him we will never go astray and we will never be let down. So this morning, what do you put your hope in? And I want to offer you the opportunity to put your hope in Jesus and allow God once again or for the very first time to renew and restore your hope. Would you stand with me, please? And if you're in the room this morning and you need an infusion of hope, then I just want you to put your hands out in front of you. And if you uh, want to experience the hope and the grace of God in your life again, just do it as well. And we're going to pray for you. Let's pray together. Loving God, we thank you that our hope is in you and not in ourselves. And right now for those people in this room, Lord, who have their hands stood out saying, Lord, I need you. I need your hope that you're going to make a way that things are going to work out. Lord, may your spirit come upon them now. And Lord, if they have yet to experience your love and grace, may they say, Lord, I need you to be my God. I want to stop being my own. Lord, may we walk into this season of Christmas joyful. Joyful that the hope that we have in you, that you're going to make us new, that you're going to make this world new, and that you're going to do it. So, Lord, bless these people. In the power of your spirit, we pray.